0: Hello and welcome Hello. to the UK Scriptwriters Podcast with me, Danny Stack. And me, Tim Clay. A brand new podcast for 2020. Did we all even new? do one last year? It's not even all new. It's not it's even just, all new exciting. We've
1: been going for 10 years. It's now, we now, it's the annual UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Whenever we
0: think of it, biannually, annually. Yeah. So if you're brand new to it and you're listening for the very first time... We have actually been around for 10 years, but you haven't missed anything in the last two. We've done, <laughs> two, we've done two podcasts in the last two years, but we've been very busy.
1: We've been busy and, um, you know, we don't, we don't like to just do a podcast for the sake of it. We like to think about it. I know this would be doubtful to you if you've listened to any of them, but we do like to think about it and uh, keep it on focus or get a good guest so many good guests that you'd, uh, you can uh, listen to if you go back in time slightly. Um, and uh, we're just having a period of reflection here, me and Danny, about what we have got up to last year. And we thought, well, let's get this down uh, on podcast and have a chat about it with you folks as well.
0: Yeah, we've gone old school. We're back in Tim's studio. We've got the mic in front of us and it's just us two talking about us. Yes. So if that's your bag, then you're in the right place.
1: But we're going to be talking about, almost start to finish, um, about how we made, why we made, our recent uh, TV series, not out yet, so don't worry, you haven't missed it, uh, called Dog Years, preschool live-action show um, with a dog in it. And uh, we've written that and we've shot it and we've started the editing process of that, And uh, now is a good time for reflection upon the creative elements of it. And we thought we'd go through it and talk about why we did it and how we did it. And uh, From a writer's point of view. From a writer's point of view, we'll dip a little bit into the practical side as well. But we won't dwell on that. But I know a lot of writers do find that interesting to hear you know, how things get off the ground. Because sometimes from a writer's writing point of view, it just seems like it goes into a black box and and either comes out the other end or you get a no. And um, we thought we would just go through why things happened and a little bit about that stuff without it being a tutorial about it, but yeah. just to give you an overview of why things have happened. Mm. Yeah, Danny, give us a quick little bit about Dog Years, the show. How would you describe the show just for people that haven't, uh, seen it, or, okay. or they won't have seen it, they but they won't have it. heard of it, maybe. Yeah. How would you describe
0: it? It's a live action preschool show, as you say, and it's about a dog, a real dog, not a CGI dog or a mm. puppet dog, uh, growing up with his human family and the lessons that he learns along the way. Um, but it, we've done it in a, quite a unique style as opposed to other live action dog shows. So our kind of approach has been to make the dog understandable via voiceover. In normal English, while the humans that he interacts with, they speak in a nonsense made up garbled uh, language, because once we had a kind of a narrative framework for the show or a format for the show, which is the dog essentially telling stories of his younger self to his pups. Uh, and then the the main episode, the main story would be that essential flashback narrative uh, that stuck with us. But we didn't do anything we made a film instead <laughs> we made Future <laughs> oh, TX yeah. oh yeah we made Future TX a bit which, distracted. You, which you may <laughs> have heard about if you've listened before but that's a different film that's a film for 8 to 12 year olds and that will be hopefully out this year we need to finish off visual effects and stuff so all of last year we did Dog Years um, so it came together uh, with a few key people that we like to work with kind of believing in the idea as well and wanted to support it in the way that we had approached, as Tim describes, in terms of why make one, why not make uh, 13 or as many as we can? Because we thought that would be better to bring to market than just having the pilot episode.
1: Well, yeah, let's just go back, I guess, to why why I thought that. And the reason is, um, obviously, myself and Danny, sometimes together, sometimes separately, we're at various uh, conferences and markets around the world, and around the UK, Children's Media Conference, MIP Jr. Uh, we're going to one in Malmo in a couple of weeks' time. Anyway, you get the idea. We're out and about. And every man and his dog, no pun intended, seems to have a kind of a pilot or a little clip looking to get commissioned. There's so many people like that. That we're like, well, if we've got to go a bit beyond that to stand out. Just to get a reply to an email you know because everyone seems to have this and we were like well we've got to take a step up and and the other thing that i would noticed is that um uh, the chinese animation producers well they used to just kind of do the work so you know it'd be for uk us companies and um uh, china would just do the animation you know as in a factory kind of uh, approach. And now they've got on board and they're, they're doing their own stories and then turning up with 52 episodes ready to sell. No commission. they just turning up. And I was like, well, this is the way it's going now. So um, uh, we thought, well, yeah, this is the way we're going to have to go with it. Uh, but we knew because we've got not, because the dog's the star and um, the kids are going to love the dog, you know, and they're only gonna be it doesn't matter if you would had someone famous in there, no one would care. From a child's point of view, they just wanna see the dog. It's like, well, from a broadcaster's point of view, let's make sure we've got good writers. So we do we did I was sort of pleased if you see what I mean that we practiced what we preach on here and talking about the importance of writers. We were like, let's really focus on get together a good and varied writing team to help us. So me and
0: Danny obviously could have written them all. But that was my initial temptation, and, mainly because of the budget that we were working yeah, towards. Yeah, and no, it would and have been a could, fine... We could pay ourselves a little bit of money maybe it would to... have, And it would have been a fine fine way of doing it, yeah. you know,
1: isn't it? We could have done it. Um, would have taken a bit longer, but bearing in mind no one was waiting for it yet... No. It wouldn't have mattered. But I was a bit like, no, no, I think we need to get some good names in this because... That way, when someone's looking at who's involved with this, because it hasn't got that commissioner background, uh, it needs some sort of industry magnetism around it. And I felt good team of writers would go, all oh, right, I've not heard of Tim and Danny, I've not heard of Nelson Nutmeg Productions, but I have heard of some of these geezers and gals mm-hmm. that are involved in the writing team. And so we were like, we we went out to... Uh, people we know, people you'll know, podcast listeners, people that have been on here. And we threw the net a bit wider. I won't name names of people that aren't involved because that's obviously a bit bit naughty. Um, but we also approached, you know, some ridiculously big names because we thought, well, maybe they fancy writing a little... Like, are there only seven minutes long, these episodes, just to put that into scale for you? So you're only talking 10-page script tops, you know. Maybe somebody... Um, you know, famous famous writer uh, might fancy just kind of hey, I'm in between features or whatever. So we did approach uh, all sorts of different got replies uh, people. from everyone, no, and we got ignored us no, and we we felt really good about that. That we were kind of at least people were taking the take considering it, taking it seriously. Actually, guys, I don't have time for that right now. I'm busy doing this Netflix show or whatever they were doing. And um, one thing that came out of that that we'd not I think naively probably didn't know about, um, or certainly hadn't encountered on a personal level, was these the size of these buyouts now. So, so some we got a couple of replies were like, "I'm only allowed to write for this particular show on TV currently." So, even though they might be waiting or there might be gaps between episodes, they're not contractually allowed to write any other TV at the minute except for HBO. And uh, I was unaware that this was kind of the size, the scale of that kind of buyout, where not interested in the same genre, you know, like just <laughs> just anything, you know, if you're writing a big sci-fi show for Netflix or something, no, you can't write, you can't write dog years. But that, that's that's the contract that people are being put under now. So I thought that's in, that's uh, interesting and uh, not something I think is a very good idea, but anyway, that's the way no, things are going. A, on a
0: slight tangent of it, I know a friend of mine who signed an exclusive contract with, you know, to write on a kid's show it was. Mm. And then, you know, was going well writing the show. Not sure if any of it was made while he was writing it, but there was a halt in production. Right. Yeah. And so it didn't actually progress for another six months or a year and he couldn't do any other work. Yeah. And he didn't get any paid for any more work that he did or didn't do so there's a downside to that yes, exclusivity but,
1: it, but isn't the idea that the exclusive contracts are extra there's extra money because of that
0: reason maybe maybe not maybe uh maybe with the hbo level you might be well compensated Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, it does happen even on kid shows and uh, other areas so but it's something to be mindful of so anyway I mean, something
1: interesting that we came across and then um We thought, yeah, let's do it properly, um, whatever that means. But what I meant by properly was, let's do a proper writer's room. Yeah. And even though we knew we were going to be doing 13-ish episodes, not that many, you know, in the scale of things, is it? But um, in terms of of children's TV, because quite often 26 or even 52, 13, not many. But we thought, let's do it because it will allow us to scale up if we want to in the future because we've kind of done it right from the start. So um, I was excited to do that. Yeah, and it was we had actually... And a good time. It
0: was this time last year. We're, we're talking now February 2020. It was yeah. February 2019 when we... When we did The Room. We did The Room. Yeah. We only did one day. Yeah. Um, but we kind of just got um, six or so writers yeah. together, including right. us. Including us. And um, we just brainstormed uh, the entire show... Yeah. Uh, ...to come up with... A, a, list of ideas but so valuable, Danny. Uh, so valuable it
1: wasn't just it wasn't just a list of ideas because I think the show changed a little bit yeah uh, not that core pitch that we've said but just in terms of what is the structure of the episode so you know just keeping it uh, focused uh, keeping that kind of uh, lesson if we want to call it that that the dog learns that, that makes it seem very sort of formal uh, but emotional growth that the dog has that week and how focused that needs to be and one of the team uh, it, one of the people in the writers room was James Carey that people might know from this podcast sitcom writer and um, he was very sharp on the keeping it focused I remember him uh, it was the thing that I learned from him was like is it, so this episode is about let me make something up on the spot you know this episode uh, is about uh, being lonely you know and um, And so we'd start brainstorming the idea, and uh, somebody you know might sort of drift away a little bit with a, you know a couple of scenes that um, might be about, you know it's, 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 it's fun to play by yourself, And he'd, go, he'd be like straight on it. he'd be like, "Yeah, but that's a different, that's different. That's a different lesson than uh, being lonely is like playing by yourself. That's two episodes, potentially. You can't be getting all messy. It's got to be super crisp. What you're trying to say, and of course he's right. I'm not, you know, there was not even an argument against him. I'm not saying that, but it's just it's so easy to drift off or to get a bit woolly, and that having those writers' rooms just keeps it so sharp. So a lot of the benefit that people talk about with a writers' room is about let's throw those ideas out. But in fact, I found one of the because you're not when you've only got to do 13 episodes, you're not really short of ideas. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, It was actually the opposite. It was about how great to have that all those writing brains thinking about the structure and the nuances of those episodes and how focused they need to be. Should it not be? Should we rephrase it slightly? um, uh, And and then keep it really focused on this new way of phrasing the issue of the week. And it was just a very insightful... um, Lesson almost for me. Yeah, you well, know?
0: another key thing we did as opposed uh, not just hiring those writers was we hired a script editor, which again awesome. we thought we would do ourselves or we could potentially and we could do done, ourselves. And we could have done, but but at this stage we were being we were being commissioning editor, we were being producers, we were finding the studio to build the studio. Yeah. So
1: thinking about directing, we're we yeah, getting ready for that.
0: I was, yeah, I was at the time. I remember thinking, I'm actually beginning to feel a bit stretched in terms of the yeah. different roles. So yeah, let's get somebody in. Yeah. Um, But that was almost a no-brainer then once we decided to do it and that was really helpful. We got Kate Scott, who's an experienced script editor and writer, um, and she lives fairly local to us and she supported us before with Nelson Nutmeg. Yes, that's right. And I've worked with her on other projects. So that was a no-brainer getting Kate on board. And that was great as well, having that extra point of view. Well, you say no-brainer,
1: Danny. Like, in hindsight, yes, you know, but as you say, at the time we were like, well, do, you know, limited funds Mm. and um we were really keen that everyone got paid a little bit Mm. you know whatever that was and um so it's like well if we get kate um you know we maybe means that we can't afford to get as many episodes done or whatever Mm. uh but yeah we did think it was worth it because sometimes it's better to to put someone in charge above you
0: Mm.
1: so like it's easy maybe for you and me to um, go off down some weird tangent, you know, and just being like, yeah, yeah, and the dog could do this and this would be funny and all this kind of stuff. And it, we're, we're rolling about in the office laughing, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Kate, everyone else is just like, what, well, what, are, you doing? You, what are you doing? Uh, well, it might be because, you know, maybe it is funny, but again, we might have drifted, drifted off, off target.
0: Yeah. So Kate script edited us, but we script edited Kate's. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so that was good that was all right Uh-oh. revenge it was <laughs> no no it's
1: all good and um obviously her being in that writer's room as well so we all had the same knowledge of the show awareness of the show understanding the rules of the show what can be done what can't be done because we had a lot of rules production rules you know this is the set it's got these rooms in it two and a garden so two and a half kind of thing and so it has to take place in there so while well, it's fine for Tim John to come up with he wanted to do a whole episode in the in the bathroom you know a dog has to get a bath or whatever or maybe that was Jan's idea and it was just like well no because we don't have we, we don't have, have a set. bath we don't we're have not making we're... anybody wet see you yes. later yes <laughs> so for those reasons i'm out <laughs> and um uh, uh you but a good we've idea. Got, we've got yeah, we've good good idea, idea. But we're having a we've got all those we've got all those uh production rules and we're all aware of them. And so it just helps Kate to like can be like knocking those out before they even come to us to be like, no, no, you remember this guys. We've only got these rooms, you you know, you can't do that kind of story. Or even checking in with us, is there gonna be a shed in the garden? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Great, okay, then this bit can stay. And um it just uh it just made the whole thing smoother, more pleasurable, more better ideas, more imagination flying around. Because sometimes those challenges coming back the other way, you know, things can be done about it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this did happen, I can't remember, that, but like, you know, if two or three people want to do a shed, then of course, like, well, let's just get a shed. Here. We've got the garden, let's mm. just put a little shed in the corner. and And, and so... Just having that at that development stage um, allows us to balance it all out. You know, again, if you had more money, it wouldn't be a problem with it. But of course, we're sort of working towards our we're within our means. But at the same time, we want it to look as top-end as it can be. We yeah. don't want it to look cheap in any way.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the writer's room in terms of how that worked. Or, yeah. or if you're listening and you've never experienced one, what you could expect. So even with us on a micro kind of tv production what we did was we didn't pay anybody to attend the writer's room uh, but we paid for their travel expenses and we bought them lunch so at the very minimum that's what you should be getting if you're invited to a writer's room typically on a commissioned show properly funded show you will get paid to attend um, the writer's room.
1: Can I just say, Danny, as well, though, all those people knew they were doing an episode.
0: Yes, yes. We, weren't,
1: we just, weren't just inviting odds and sods in and just going, and, 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 and three of you will be lucky yeah. to be picked. Wasn't well, that? Th-
0: thanks for your ideas. None of them fit. See you later. It was just and like, then nick them. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> none of that. We told them up front that they would definitely be getting two yeah. episodes each. And they didn't have to come. And they didn't have to come. They
1: didn't have to come if they couldn't make it, they were too busy, they didn't fancy it. It's not how they want to work. That was fine.
0: Uh, in other writers' room, you're not guaranteed um, episodes. Sometimes you're not.
1: Well, that you, t- you're there in the room and you get paid y- to be there. You've mentioned this before, Danny. Has happened to you, and I, I always think it's a bit funky that it, it's, it's it like, can be. Yeah, because it's like you know, especially if you've if there's you, then no money. So no money, no guarantee of anything. I mean, it's almost um, that's similar to an acting audition but worse because Mm. in an acting audition at least they can't steal your performance if you see what I mean and just run off with them Mm.
0: Um, Well I've experienced it as a jobbing writer and it creates kind of, not an anxiety but there's a certain edge of like well I'm here, I've got to get one of my ideas over the line if I'm going to get more work Um, and it just you know, and I always thought wouldn't it be better if if you just said to people (laughs) look everybody's going to get an episode or two or whatever And so you can just relax a bit more and you can yeah. be more creative then with it. Yeah, yeah. Because a, a great rule of writer's rooms is, that, you know, anything in that's said in the writer's room stays in the writer's room. There's no right or wrong answers kind of thing. So you can afford to be as stupid or as wacky as you want to be just to get it out in the system. Um, and, I they, mean, yeah. and they can dial it back rather than thinking, oh, they're wrong for the show. You're wrong for the show because all of your ideas are way off topic.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we pick people we knew would be right for it obviously or we thought we thought you know i mean that's the thing isn't it what well, if someone was absolutely awful and totally not suited mm-hmm. we know amongst those people that they would probably withdraw themselves to go actually uh, this isn't for me
0: but that's happens in the process as well because, and it didn't
1: didn't yeah but it could have done yeah and uh but i mean yeah. i remember i you you say you say everything <laughs> stays in the right as well i'm now going to tell people something right <laughs> But it was, uh, it was Tim John, and he was kind of angling for this sort of snarky rabbit live lived next door, and he had some fantastic... It was going to be hilarious, mm. what he was saying. Again, great ideas that It a great, great to do. idea. This is an example, you know? And it's just like, Tim, this is a great idea, and it's going to be a funny character, but it's going to have to be series two or something because we don't have a rabbit, we don't even have a next There won't be anything the other side of the fence. The fence would be the wall of the studio, you know. And uh, just boring practical reasons, more so than we haven't got a rabbit. Yeah. We could have got a rabbit. There's no problem about that. But it's it just these other boring reasons. And uh, so it had, to, it had to go. But obviously, he did exactly the right thing. Follow that down, chase it down, explore it. Is it worth it? In the end, no, it can't be done. But just having that freedom to kick that around. Yeah. What if, what if, yeah, what yeah. if. And
0: uh, I'm sure it springboarded us into an idea for something in the that we've actually done.
1: Oh, but band, um, and and I would still hope to, I still hope this rabbit appears, you know, in the future. <laughs> the um and the other the other kind of spirit of collaboration that we did was, uh, uh, working with actors. So when we did auditions, we would very much keep those loose and let people. Uh, we we had some scenes. But we would also improvise a lot once we'd done those scenes and try different things. And, of course, as they progressed, we we filmed those and we showed some of those clips to the writers to go, this is what what mum character looks like, this is what dad character looks like. Here's the dog, this is what the dog looks like. You know, does it help? Maybe not. Maybe it does to some people. But we had all those things to share as well to say, Here's how this dialogue, this nonsense dialogue is shaping up at at the minute. And, of course, for writers to be able to see that, that was interesting. Then we made the decision, or we had to make a decision between us all, how do we write that? Mm -hmm. Because do we just write, Dad says... Do we just write, you know, I'm looking at a picture of (laughs) Rick here from Rick and Morty in front of me. Do we just write wubba-dubba-dub-dub? Do you know what I mean? Like, do we write that or what do we write? And so we came up with a thing about, we found it the actors needed to know what they were thinking when they were speaking. You can't just write nonsense. So all the writers went away and actually wrote all the English. So they wrote everything the dog thinks, everything the dog says, everything all the humans say in English and then the actors would read it, learn it amazingly and then... Just go. Well, okay. Well, that's what I'm sort of saying in my head, and I'm now going to speak nonsense, but mean that. So of course, their body language is all correct, and everything.
0: Mm. It really, it really it works. helps. Well, of course, we had to invent that system in a way. Well, our initial system, if you remember, Tim, was actually having the odd. English word included in the nonsense word to represent the odd English word that the dog understood.
1: Which they'd underline, the Um, writers would underline that.
0: Which we thought made perfect sense, it would work a treat, but as soon as we started rehearsing, it quickly became apparent that it wasn't quite working. It didn't work. It was a bit of a stumbling, kind of awkward way of delivering the lines.
1: Yeah, threw the actors off the flow of the nonsense, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was a good shout. I think it it was initially Jan who uh, brought it to my attention... And uh, we quickly resolved it, and we yeah, just said, so. "Let's not do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do it all nonsense." But yeah. everybody knows what it means. Yeah, and, and
1: then the dog would comment. So before, so here's the original method that we that that we came up with the writers. So you know, the dogs watching me talk, and I say, "Well, they're walkies," you know. But of course, like, just it doesn't sound right that you know, blah 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 walkies. It's too different uh, a thing. So, of course, you know, the new method would be blah, 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 blah And the dog says, <gasps> walkies. walkies. Yeah. I heard that word. I'm sure I heard it in there. And, of course, any children watching will understand what mm. the story still. So uh, just little tweaks and so on. But it was interesting to, you know, kind of explore that in this very collaborative way. Actors working with writers, working with me and Danny, working with Kate Scott, script editor, all working with Jam producing it, and we're all bringing that together um, into a new thing that has a life of its own. And, of course, although it's some sort of, we've told you and we've described to you the, both the journey and the output, you know, and it sounds quite complicated and cumbersome, when you watch it... Not a problem. It's just like, yep, I get that. Within yeah, the yeah. first 10 seconds, you understand yeah, what's yeah. happening. And uh, kids certainly do. Kids when, love it. when we watched watched it with kids, they're just like, "Yeah, obvi- obvious. It's obvious. Like, why is this even a thing? Surely you could just think about that straight away." And of course, that's the the goal of any creative project: is that it seems so effortless when you finally watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good. It was a good. Um, a, a good process to do, an exciting thing to do, to work with those. Uh, writers and to see how they work and how fast they were you know in doing it um so another one of the writers debbie moon who, who again you podcast listeners will know we've featured before and here but she was the um the uh, creator and uh you know main writer of uh wolfblood and um uh, just to see her working coming up with ideas and the speed with which she'd do the script and the notes you know, it's just a, 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 a inspirational, really, and, um, and 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 lovely episodes where you know you look forward to reading it. You know, even though it's your own thing, you're mm. just like, <laughs> "This is." You get the script, you're excited. You even know the story because you came up with it together in the writers' room. But when you just read it, you're just like, "Yeah, this is great. This is great. This is great." And uh, obviously, when you start working with children and animals, things do go a bit out the window on the journey, but. Having that strong script keeps you on track, even if there's a few wobbles along the way with the fact of, you know, well, the dog on the day couldn't do a certain thing or whatever. Mm. You've got that strong script to steer you around any little issues because you know it's going to work out in the end. Uh, Was your reflection upon it, Danny, now sort of a bit after? So we filmed it last summer. Yeah. And um, we've edited up a couple of episodes now. You know, just from that creative point of view um any sort of reflections or regrets or whatever, yeah, I it?
0: think now that we've filmed it, we know um better the limitations and mm. the even exceeding the limitations that we can do that were prior in script form, we were like maybe saying, "Oh, let's not do that because it'll be simpler and easier to do this because it's live action we're shooting it, a dog in the studio, um." It's not that we didn't lack ambition, but it's just like now that we've gone through it, now we realise realised what we can really achieve mm. and what the show really is, how it's taken on its own identity, I guess, um, which you can only um, get to in terms of experience. It's yeah. like when you watch the second series of any show, how it's kind of either takes on a more confident stride or it becomes more of a like yeah. a solid thing. I think that became more apparent to me as we, as we started, um, filming it and putting the edits together. Uh, yeah. And so going back to script, some of the scripts that come in, or even some of the scripts that we wrote, not even scripts that other people wrote was, yeah, we could have maybe pushed the boundaries a bit more in terms of what we could have done or what could have achieved. Mm -hmm. We We were keeping one eye on the practical side of things, I think, uh, not, yeah. that, not that we've underserved any story, I don't think, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, right, we definitely can't... Now I know we definitely can't do this, this and this. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. we can. We, there's actually room to...
1: Poten- yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, we were doing... The uh, only thing practical I'll say about it from a directed and producer point of view is we were doing an episode, seven, seven minutes, as I say, we were doing an episode in a day. So... Not too bad in terms of filming sitcoms, but quite advanced compared to filming a commercial or something so um uh quite a stretch to get through all the different things um if you're of a mind to be interested oh, knocking my glasses if you're in a mind to be interested in directing and uh, how we did it and building the set and so on um we've got a bunch of youtube um clips which we can link in the podcast kind of description. So we won't talk about that again here, but but we did have some interesting ways of working, as you know, me and Danny co-direct. So how do we do that in the studio? All that's explained in there and we can show you. Um, so check that out if you're interested in, in, in any of that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, to me, yeah, it was about... See, you can imagine how hard it would be to get that show really, really great without doing some kind of filming and process it, you know, of of filming a pilot, but to me a pilot never seems quite enough. You've got to at least do two or three episodes mm. to get into the rhythm of how to write and direct and yeah. produce that show and so on and get into the characters. Mm. And uh makes you wonder now how anything gets made without that going through that yeah. process. Well we have
0: to be the broadcasters as it were. And Kate as well helping us going well, don't use that type of language or this is too... I don't show
1: that dangerous thing happening. Yeah, this is too
0: imitable behavior. We had a pretty good steer on that, but even now with the people that we're speaking to about selling the show, they're looking at it going, you know, they they don't really have editorial input in it now unless they really buy into it and want to make more. So it's just a case of convincing them that...
1: But you get the funny notes. I mean, let's talk about the note, the Turkish note. The
0: Turkish note, yeah. So
1: so Danny uh, is talking to... A broadcaster potential broadcaster in Turkey um uh, just to say before that that we feel like it's probably a show that will not have much at home in the u k maybe at this point. It's more like an international show as we've already described from the ground up it was designed always to be like that um we'll We'll put it out in the u k in some way or other, even if it's just like a youtube thing it will come out, but it might not be on the t v um, but, yeah, so the Turkish thing is when one of them, um, one of the episodes, Mum's doing a bit of yoga outside, they didn't like this. Um, they were a bit worried about that and hoping that the yoga... Didn't feature, didn't feature too episode. much. <laughs> ...didn't feature too much. You know, they might have to chop that out of mm. or cut it down on that episode. We're not sure um, why that is, about if it's seen as something that isn't particularly... Uh, Religious, it's kind of an anti-religious thing, yoga or something. I don't, we don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't, I don't know what sensibilities around that. Maybe you know, listeners, and uh, you can let us know. But uh, uh, no worries. But that's the kind of thing that you can't ever totally foresee. You can't cover all these Mm. things. Um, I mean, obviously, now we're aware of that. If we had yoga in again, we might steer it around a bit different. But of course, then there'll just be something else next time. You can't know everything about all these demands but it just just uh, go to show if you were going from a commissioning point of view all these different bits of feedback you could get beforehand can make things totally unravel. can be an absolute nightmare because you're just trying to write a lovely show about a dog you know and people are like oh i don't want a frisbee in it or whatever yeah no, or whatever it is and it and um you just end up you can end up going round and round but uh, one of the interesting things about the show as you will all be aware of if you've ever listened to anything we've ever said or or read any of our books you know we were all about the being proactive as writers getting on with stuff and uh, i really feel like we've pushed that here you know to um uh well, we'll make ten episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's outrageous, really. shouldn't be shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. Um, but uh, from my point of view, it was like, well, ten by seven minutes, seventy minutes. It's actually shorter than the feature, so it's it's less filming than for Who Killed Nelson? That may be our debut feature. We've actually filmed less than for that. So um, it all seemed really achievable, um, uh, but also also exciting. And, um, you know, a lot of practical challenges, but also that writing room challenge and just kind of really um, I th- I felt it built on all the things that we've done up to now in terms of taking control of our own sort of writing destiny and getting something out there. So for
0: now, the main lesson that we can share, I think, bringing it back to anybody kind of starting out is the power of networking mm. and the uh ongoing importance of networking not just with your existing contacts but kind of just the constant need and uh kind of payoff of networking because it's it's just a vital thing when new writers ask me what what they should do um the number one thing i always say now is networking um we've gone through it at length before but it's always worth reminding you in terms of What what does networking really mean? It means just like any contact that you have um, that can help you with your career, um, whether it be just on social media or face-to-face is always better. So you meet them at industry events like conferences or screenings or festivals uh, or any mentorship kind of deal. You can get going with anybody like that, Uh, even on an email, anything that you can just reach out to somebody and they become a contact and then you kind of nourish that contact in a way you try and develop it rather than just expect something from it straight away. And you just don't know when it'll pay off. Like we mentioned, Debbie, uh, Tim, John, James Carey, three people we've interviewed here on the podcast, which is our initial contact with them really. Mm. But we just kept in touch with them and, uh, we really liked them. And so we, it was again, just almost like a no brainer to get them involved with the show. Um, and it really paid off for us and now we have a fresh batch of networking we're doing with trying to sell the show which is a, a kind of a new challenge for us because it's a new area for us well away from the world of writing it's more like about acquisitions and sales and stuff so that's really interesting but uh, the same all the same procedures apply in terms of you know I met you at MIP Junior last year and now I've made the show Let's, how can we follow it up and they remember your name or your face or whatever and It just helps to move things along. It's all about the people you know, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and um, yeah, like Danny says, that's what we're doing right now, and uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Really, just kind of going through all those old contacts we've made and reminding them who we are, who we are, we're still alive, you know. And um, sometimes it can seem like a long time. So, like like we say, it's kind of a year ago. To, you know almost today that we were in the writer's room and obviously now we've got episodes to show people and you're thinking oh god yeah you know but to them of course they're like is it i thought i was like seemed like three months ago mm-hmm. you know time can be um it's never too late to follow up i suppose is what i mean from a networking point of view and we're just doing a big old shout out uh, uh, you know right right now and um i think it is something to keep a little you know a little bit more on top of for us and probably for you for you listeners as well, I should imagine, something the writers are pretty bad at, is just sort of putting aside a bit of a time each day or each week to just be like, right, who am I going to tell about the awesome things that I'm doing? Because I think most writers have got good scripts, you know, these, these days, you know, they've got some... There's so much good advice out there. Uh, and what they're lacking is actually people to send them to. And um, it's just kind of keep knocking on those doors and... uh seeing who's got anything going on out there i mean we're we're sort of uh, trying to hit people with a double message of we've got dog years and they might go yeah yeah but we're more of a production company we're not really a distribution or a broadcaster like oh well then you want to hire us as directors or writers you know so we kind of we've doubled the um avenues that we can explore with people and uh and, and again i guess some people might um uh, say well of course you guys are in a better position and I am just starting out or you know well, whatever depends on what stage you are but we have found people to be kind of more and more welcoming to us because we've got the, the news you know we've got new news to go back to them with we've got a show we've got this and so at least people are replying to us and you know um, generally wanting to meet or whatever and I think while again, I don't want you to list that. Oh, well, no one ever replies to my emails. That's not why I'm telling the story. What I'm saying is we got to that stage because we kept going with it. Uh, that it used to be that no one would ever reply to my emails. Now, at least they do reply, even if it's if, it, if it's a no. So it's a kind of a progression of some sort, isn't it, everyone? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just that thing of keeping going. So like, oh, yeah, I did hear about you. And now I've heard you about you again. Oh, and now you have done that show. Have you not all talk? you've actually made something okay yeah that's good and 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 it's just that it's just that keeping going with your networking and reaching out to people has to be long term um i think a lot of people think it's like it's just about meeting the right person and shaking the hands that time it's like no they've got to see you three or four times and then they maybe start to trust you and realize that you're on the level and that you you know you're not fly by night or you're going to get bored next week uh all those concerns that you might you know people might have so anyway that, that, that that's the kind of sum up of our oh, oh, year yeah that's <laughs> what this annual podcast
0: yeah tune in next year <laughs> when we'd be unemployed and uh asking you for advice I'll yeah know.
1: yeah 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 um so uh we always make the same plea at the end about if you've got uh um topics that you want us to cover some people do send things in and we do cover them every now and again so don't feel it's a waste of time of course we get to the point where a lot of things that we've already covered <laughs> but um uh the industry does change so we might have to go back round over some of those things and uh and also another thing that we do like to get from people every now and again is um uh like you know something they've made so you know you, you, you've had a short film picked up or it's won some awards or something that you've written then um, uh, oh I've just had a good idea <laughs> ping <laughs> then um, uh, yeah keep, keep sending those in we'd like to see those uh, alright well that's Danny's reminder saying he's got to go so yeah, we'd better know. go <laughs> all right.
0: Thanks for listening. Uh, email us, I guess, at ukscriptwriters@hotmail.com.
1: Yeah, or find us on Facebook or Twitter, All UK Scriptwriters. Just check us out on there.
0: All right, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: see you <laughs> Bye. Bye.